This is Friday Night Frights, brought to you by Starburst magazine. Hello and welcome to Friday Night Frights, the weekly horror podcast from Starburst magazine. I'm John Tolson and tonight I'm speaking to Scott Mariani. When did you actually start telling stories? When did you start developing the need to tell stories and how did that begin for you? It's the old cliched story of, of, of you know, when the little child who, who uh, just, just has an interest in, in, in creating little stories and I, I, I was interested in sort of drawing little comic strips and things like that. I love things like Tintin and stuff like that. So I, I used to make my own little Tintin stories, yeah. um, which were always a lot more violent <laughs> nasty than, than the real ones. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and James Bond stories I wrote when I was a kid and monster stories and dinosaurs and sharks. And I was influenced by things like Jaws and, and Star Wars. And so I was writing a lot of that kind of stuff. And I, you know, if I were to dig through boxes of ancient old papers and drawings and things that I did when I was a kid, I'd probably find a lot of crazy stories there. Mm-hmm. So it's something I've been doing. I mean, all writers will tell you this, and it's a bit of a cliche. You know, the, 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 this is something I've been doing pretty much all my life. And then I had a, a certain career doing various things, and, and then at a certain point, then I thought, hey, you know, maybe it would be good to, to try and write something. And it just literally just fell together like that. It's, it's, it's um, nothing spectacular. It was just, and then I had this idea for the, the Ben Hope books, and, and lo and behold, they, they seem to have struck a note with a lot of people, and I'm, I'm delighted about that. So when you were a child, what kind of influence did you, did you have on you in terms of films and books? Were there particular favourites that you would come to? You've oh, well, I was, I, was, and... I was a very obsessive kid when it came to certain films, and I, I would really go to town. I mean, I'm of the generation, you know, with Jaws, Star Wars, yeah. <laughs> those kind of things. Um, I, was, I was very into things. Not so much James Bond, but, you know, I mean, I mean, I suppose we all like a bit of that. But um, for me, it was it was it was really. Um, I love Tintin as well. Uh, as I mentioned before um, the, the comic books um, and things like that. Um, those, those were big influences for me. I mean, um, I was a little bit older then. Indiana Jones um, was was a big influence on me as well. And I think that perhaps. There's a little bit of Indiana Jones in, in Ben Hope, although obviously that's something you, you, you try to tend to not go too far down that road because you, Indiana Jones is such an iconic character that you, you would tend to avoid that, having too many similarities. Sure. Um, but I think there's a little bit of a swashbuckling adventure in, in, in Ben Hope Absolutely. as well. So I guess yeah. you know, we are all, all of us, whether we're writers or, or, or non-writers, we're all simply just put together out of our different influences that we've, that we've had all through our lives. And, and um, I, you know, I'm no exception. And, and I guess everything I do then to some degree is just a, a reflection of those different influences. Um, but film certainly is something all my life I've, I've been very, very, very drawn to. Um, 
And I guess, again, there's no trick to it. I can't consciously cite, oh, yes, you know, you can see these influences or those influences um, in, in this or that story. But um, I, I guess that uh, all along, that's, that's always been there. I, I feel when I'm writing that I'm writing very visually. Yeah. I feel like I'm con- constructing something on a kind of internal screen. Sure. I feel that when I'm sitting down writing, it's not just words, it's... I'm very much picturing something in my mind, and I'm really just trying to convey that on on the page sure. for well, the you, reader. You, you you actually went to study film, didn't you, at Oxford? Yeah, you did, I did. You did film studies there. What what did you yeah. study there, and has that had any kind of influence on um, what you've done subsequently? I I I went there hoping that I would, would study you know the nuts and bolts of filmmaking because it was something I'd always interested me. Um, Film studies nowadays is, is, however, a little bit more. It wasn't really quite what I expected it to be. It was more of a sort of, almost like a sociology course in a lot of ways. And, mm. and uh, in, in in a lot of ways, it wasn't what I would have wanted at all. But I, I stuck with it anyway. There were some good, fun people there. It was nice. And you know, this was you know, quite a few years after I'd, I'd studied at Oxford initially. Um, when I, I first went to Oxford, it was to study modern languages. Mm. And like a lot of people do, I don't know why, but a lot of people when they've finished at Oxford, they, they tend to hang around the city. They don't they don't tend to move away. And I I was one of those. I, I hung around Oxford for years, and then at a certain point, then I just thought yeah, it would be good fun to go and study film. But um, it wasn't it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was something that has had a, a big big impact on me. It was good fun to watch a lot of movies that were, were very unusual things. Uh, very lots of world cinema. Um, and things that you wouldn't normally get to see, but uh, yeah, the, the, the film study course is, is a part of my past that uh, yeah. has probably disappeared to a certain degree. It doesn't really have much bearing on things any longer, except perhaps still kind of carrying over a love of film and so. Yeah, I do whenever possible still watch movies. Yeah. Um, I'm getting very tired of action films. I'm uh-huh. getting I'm getting bored with those now. Uh, so it's not as if I sit watching you know car chases and helicopters exploding and people killing each other all the time. Uh, my tastes in film are quite soft and gentle, I suppose. I, I like Woody Allen and uh-huh. I like a lot of French cinema. We can maybe talk a little bit more about that in a minute, but I just wanted to talk about the kind of transition from university to to becoming a writer because it says in your biog you've kind of held the sort of the various jobs that you know you would expect a writer to have had like a translator and a language teacher teacher and musician and pistol shooting instructor and yeah, it's a bit of a checkered path isn't it yeah i just wondered how how did you make the transition then from that kind of background into writing well, I mean, you, you know, already said that writing was something you already did, but when did you yeah. start getting serious about it, and how did you, how did you kind of make your inroads into it professionally? Well, you know, the thing with writing is there is no one way in it. I'm sure you know. Um, you know, one simply does not decide one day I'm going to become a writer uh, and do a course and get a qualification and apply for a job. It's, it's a completely strange world. I mean. I, a lot of people just drift into it gradually from from whatever they were doing before, whether that be an office job or or any kind of employment or unemployment indeed mm. um, it's just something that you, you you just gradually drift into i mean if you, you find yourself having an idea whatever whatever you may be doing in your in your normal life, you find yourself having an idea and then that gradually starts to come together and then one day one day you find yourself in that lucky position where you're able to 
to transition um, mm. because you get a deal, basically. It's, it's the day you get the deal. The day you get the deal is the day that, depending on whether you feel you can then afford to walk away from your old life, um, the day you get the deal is, is the day that decides it. In my case, um, I, I didn't really have a, a, a career doing anything else. I'd done it very, various different things. Um, and the Ben Hope, writing that first Ben Hope book was something that sort of took over then. And I, I pretty much just closed the curtains and took the phone off the hook. And very luckily, well, initially, the, the book was published. It was something of a disaster because it came out with a very small publisher um, mm. in hardback. And, and then the, the, the big day for me was when HarperCollins turned around and said they wanted the paperback rights. And that was when it began. So, I mean, it was easy for me to, to make the, the, the jump to light speed, yeah. so to speak, from what I was doing before, which was just not really, I mean, it's not as if I was a doctor or a lawyer or something that had to make the big choice. Mm. I, mean, I know I know authors who, who have been in huge, big professions, very, very successful business people or vets or lawyers or yeah. people like that who did have to then suddenly think, well, right, you know, I have to make this transition, I have to make this jump. Um, and then it's, it's a very serious issue for them. For me, it was more just a question of drifting into it. Yeah. It really was. There's nothing, nothing spectacular. Well, you've written a very good book on, write, on, on writing thrillers for any sort of would-be writers out there. Uh, I mean, it's full of techniques and things that you've obviously learned along the way. Um, but I wondered if that book had arisen from just writing uh, how had, in other words, how how have you developed those techniques? How have you mastered them? Um, I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't really know. Um, not, it's not, very hard for me. Presumably I, I not to, through not through formal study or not through like formal study. Yeah. It's just something. It's just something that I have done for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's just a trick, you know. It's just something that I do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very hard for me. It was actually mm-hmm. one of the difficulties I had writing that little book, How to Write a Thriller. Was how how do I take something that I can just it sounds boastful, something I could just do. It's not as if I have some great, you know, talent, but it was something, it was, it was, it was like, the, how would you describe to somebody how to, to walk or how to, yeah. to do anything that you would just take for granted, how to, you know, dance or something. It, it's, um, it's just something that I had a facility for, that I found I had a facility for. Mm. Obviously, I've got better at it with practice. Yeah. But the, the, the whole trick of writing how to write a thriller was, was really distilling all that and trying to think of, trying to view it objectively and think, how do you show somebody else on the outside how how to do these things? And and it was good fun. It was good, it was interesting to do that. Um, I'm not somebody who sets himself up to try to teach others to write, because I think that basically I think you either can or you can't. Yeah. I, I really think that it's something that um, can't be learned from a book yeah. really fully. Yeah. Um, and I don't feel that there is any rule book or, you know, that there's no system, there's no formula. It just comes to you. Mm. It's either something you can do or something you can't, like any other skill. I mean, I'm hopeless at other things that other people can just do easily. Perhaps that part of my brain that's been reserved for writing, you know, has been at the expense of other other abilities that that I don't have. Well, well, either way, it's a a great little book, and I would certainly recommend it to 
people. It was fun to write. Yeah. It was a long time ago. Actually, the reason I wrote that book originally was simply just to have something in paperback yeah. um, going back, because at that time, my, my, the, my fiction career was kind of in the doldrums, because all I had was that first book, which was the first Ben Hope book. It was called the, uh, the Falconelli Manuscript mm. at that time. And, and I thought, God, I you know, it, it was very highly priced. It was very unavailable. It was difficult to get hold of. And I thought, I've got, there's got to be some way that I can get into bookshops. There's got to be some way that I can get a paperback book out there. And I thought, oh, okay, I'll do a, a how-to book. That was actually the, the, the rather uh, pragmatic reason for, for writing that book to begin with. Mm. But I'm glad I did, and it was fun. It was fun. And if people get something out of it, then I'm delighted. And it's been quite a few years now since that book was published. And I think in a lot of ways it's probably a little bit, um, there are a lot of things in it now that I'd probably put differently or perhaps I would add things or change things. Mm. But I hope that people are getting something out of it. Any chance of a second edition of it? Or <laughs> something you'd go maybe, maybe one day yeah. if I get time. Mm. It's very hard for mm. me to find time to do anything right now except write more Ben Hope books. Well... On the subject of Ben Hope and also your Vampire Federation books, the two books you wrote there, one of the things that really stood out for me, the kind of the first book of yours that I picked up, is something you've already mentioned already, which is this facility really for visualising action sequences. Um, Something that I would imagine is quite difficult to do in a novel, something that maybe obviously is, is perhaps in a way, belongs in the land of the film, but it's actually quite difficult to do in the novel and make it come alive the way that you managed to do. And I just wondered, do do you, when you come to sit down to write an action sequence, do you kind of work the logistics out in advance? Do you kind of sit down and think almost as though Spielberg might, when he was filming A Duel or something like that, actually work out where things are going to happen? Yeah, you, you, you need to. I mean, I, I often think that writing a novel uh, of this kind, anyway, is a sort of poor man's film, and, and you are a sort of poor man's film director, yeah. in that you're, you're responsible for all the elements that come together, so you're kind of the, you're doing all the, everything. Um, you, and you've got to bear all these elements in mind as you go. You've got to think of the, the, the pacing, you've got to think of the, the cinematography, so to speak. Mm. You, you've got to storyboard it the way the film director would. I mean, it, 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 it may read in a very, very sort of zippy fashion when you're, when you're reading it off the page in, in its finished form, but mm. a lot of work goes into these things. I mean, it's like if you're watching, like, if you're watching Jason Bourne or something running over yeah. the rooftops and you get two minutes of, of, of concentrated action, you watch the, 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 uh, the maker's uh, commentary, and, and, and uh, they'll tell you that it took three weeks to film that scene, mm. you know, and hundreds of hours of, of, of manpower went into it. Uh, it's the same with writing. It is. You very much do have to construct these things. You really have to work things out. Sometimes you can find yourself counting the bullets to find out how many shots somebody's fired sure. um, before they run, can run out of ammunition and have to change their magazine or... Things like that. I mean, it's it's amazing. It can get very, very nuts and boltsy, and it can even get a bit dull. Yeah. Um, but the, the the finished item is, is is hopefully worth all the extra mm. work. So, do you actually storyboard it then? Do you sit down and kind of do yeah, frame sense, by frame? I mean, yeah, I mean, pretty much. I mean, um, there's no one way of doing it. I mean, it depends on the scene. It depends how well I can visualize it in advance. It's sometimes it might just come together very fluidly, and I can pretty much write it down as I see it. 
and I have to write it really quickly then because I can see it in my internal screen. I can see yeah. it on my, in my mind, and I have to write it down really quickly. Other times, it's going to be a much more painful, laborious process of giving birth to this thing. Um, and it, you might only have a vague idea. And then, of course, as you begin to write it, you may find that the whole thing doesn't make any sense at all, and you have to change it. I mean, at the minute, I'm in the working on, on a scene. It's for the, um, what do we know, the ninth, the ninth Ben Hope book. Mm. And uh, I, I'm not going to say too much about it, but basically it's this action sequence that takes place for, in this um, underground building um, where things begin to all literally fall apart. Yeah. And it's it's a very difficult job piecing all this together, figuring it all out, especially when you have multiple characters because you have to think then how are they all responding in their different ways? Is there dialogue? How would people speak in that situation? What would they say to each other? In what way does Ben hope is he, he's in the, in the scene? How does he take charge? What does he do? What are his reactions? How is he going to show his skills, his abilities? What's going on? What's the sequence of the events? And, and also, how, do we, how does he survive? I mean, you know, you, you have to, I always have to think there's got to be some reasonably plausible mechanism that allows him to, to survive and, mm-hmm. and uh, survive the day and go on to fight another day. So yeah. what kind of... it, it's not easy. It's a difficult job. I mean, it's, it's a long process, and it does take many, many hours. I, I think mm. one of the misconceptions people have about writing generally is that it just sort of flows out of you like water yeah. from a tap. Yeah. You know, it's like watching Jimi Hendrix play the guitar. You just think, wow, the water just flows out of him. Mm. But it didn't. You know, that, that took work. It, took, it takes an awful lot of hard graft yeah. to, to, to make it look easy. So what stage then in the process do you kind of get the ideas for the set pieces are they do they come fairly early on in the sort of plotting or is it something that de- kind of develops it really depends on? on the it really depends on the book yeah. um you know every book is different every book has its own evolution its own process of coming together yeah. um sometimes you may have a very clear idea of, of where you're going. Other times, an idea may suddenly occur to you. Other times, an idea which you which which you've had for a long time, maybe three books ago, which just, just didn't fit that particular book, you suddenly think, "Oh, I can I can use it for this one." So um, it really does depend on, on on the individual job, so to speak. Mm. Um, and other times, stuff just comes out comes out of the blue, and I just think, "Oh, yeah, that'll be brilliant." Mm. So, but now I have to work on how to making it, making it work, making it yeah. fit, making it effective. I mean, really, the only rule here is you're desperately always trying to think of what's going to be effective for the story, to keep the story moving, to keep the characters moving forward, and to entertain the reader, obviously, as well. Well, just talking a little bit about the character, Ben, because you said that you can't visualize him in the same way as some of the other characters. Is that because he's constantly developing and changing in your mind? You're always thinking of how he's going to to grow as a person. I I visualize him in an abstract sense as a a person, as a a, a character, as a personality. I see him extremely clearly. I think I probably know him better than I know myself in a lot of ways. Mm. And and he's been been part of my my life now for (laughs) quite a, a few years. Um, but um, visually, no. Visually, I don't. I don't really. It's difficult to see him. Um, if that's what you mean. Um, for you know, when people suggest actors. Mm. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, when people yeah. say, "Oh, yeah, so and so make a great Ben Hope," I'm never happy. I'm never satisfied. Mm. 
I, I never quite know what what he's going to be like. But and I'm always frightened that if there ever were a Ben Hope film, I'll dream on. Mm. If there ever were a Ben <laughs> Hope film, um, I might not even be that happy uh, to see it because it would might, it might destroy my my it might interfere with my my nebulous vision of, of who Ben is in my own mind. Sure. So as long but as it's certainly, as long as it's not Tom Cruise. Um. Well, <laughs> we won't talk about disastrous casting <laughs> decisions. <laughs> there was one funny. I can't. I can't really say too much. But I had a meeting with a a film producer uh, going back a few years now in, in in London. At a time when we were all sort of great guns, everything looked as if it was all moving forward on the, on a Ben Hope movie project. Yeah. Um, and, and this movie producer, who has been behind a lot of pretty well known films, um, had come up with this idea for who Ben Hope could be. And uh, named this this person, mm. and was obviously expecting me to fall out of my seat. But, yeah. but I'd never heard of this person. Yeah. <laughs> and it was actually, it wasn't a, a an actor. It wasn't a, well. He is an actor, but he was more known in, in, in for music. He was more known as a, a pop musician. Mm. And uh, I'd never heard of him at all. Never. I'm completely <laughs> out of tune with with most of popular culture. And this, this film producer got on the phone to this other film producer, an incredibly famous person, and said, "Hello, oh, you're not going to believe this. You've never heard of so-and-so. Um, but I, I was glad in the end, actually, that that famous music personality did not become Ben Hope, because it did not in any way. I don't think it, I, I think the fans would have hated it, and I would have hated it. Um, it just wasn't Ben. Yeah. Ben Ben is, is a very particular personality for me. I, I'm very... I'm, I'm, I'm very sensitive about you know how he would be portrayed, um, and I'm, I'm very very sure of who he is and how his reaction, how he reacts to things, and what kind of how he views the world. And you know, he's a. I really see him well. I really see him clearly. Mm. Is there an element of autobiography in him, or, or no, wish fulfillment, no. or? Well, only in tiny ways. I mean, yeah. not not wish fulfillment. That's mm. like, I, I've never I've never desired that kind of. Uh, that kind of life. Uh, I'm, I'm in many ways the complete opposite of Ben Hope. I'm a very quiet sort of individual. I have no desire to go on getting mixed up in crazy stuff. Mm. Um, you know, I obviously have used a few little details from my own life and experience yeah. to, to go and put them into the mix. You know, and then attended the same uh, college as me, for instance. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. The sort of those certain sort of factual details or ge- geographical details that just help you with the writing process. Yeah, just little things that I've mm. drawn from my own experience. But yeah. that that's the limit. I mean, you know, obviously, when all writers have to they have to draw on on, on some fund of of, of, uh, of knowledge from personal experience. But um, you know, it, it, I pretty much depend on my imagination, mm. which you know sustains me it's it's obviously full and active enough to be able to keep me going and, and uh you know it is all imaginary I, i'm not i'm not, i would never try to be somebody like ben hope i would never claim i know there are there are writers who who like it to be to be known that uh they, they try to promote the idea that they are pretty much the, the same as their character right <laughs> but uh, that that wouldn't be me that wouldn't be me i'm just a very humble guy who wears glasses and you know lives a very quiet life well, you've got... I do have an old Land Rover. Right, okay. <laughs> I do have an old Land Rover, very similar to the one that Ben has. 
Um, I actually got it because of Ben. I sort of thought, yeah, I was about Ben and his Land Rover, uh, which is called Le Croc, which is this, this famously sort of dilapidated old thing that he drives around in from time to time. And, and I, I kind of fancied one of those, so I got one. Right. <laughs> but, but apart from that, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. There's, there's also the... Um the archery, isn't there? Which I think. Oh yeah, is that, yeah. And, and the uh, the swordsmanship, which I think features certainly featured in the Vampire Federation novels. Yeah, I'm very interested in swords and sword fighting. Yeah. Um, that wasn't something for Ben Hope, really, because I think that that could be a bit camp. You know, right. that, that's yeah. getting a bit James Bondish. If you if you put Ben Hope into a big sword fight with somebody, that's getting a bit silly. But it did it did work out nicely for the vampire books. Yeah. Well, you you said that. Uh, you, You've been in, you would be interested in writing screenplays. Have you written a screenplay for Ben Hope? No, I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to take that on. I think I'm too close to that to the material. I, I, um, the art of writing adapting a novel for for screenplay really does involve deconstructing it, and, and I think that's a, a job for someone else. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be objective enough. To, I'd, I'd want to, to make it the same as a book. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't simply film a book frame by frame and turn it into a movie. So, sure. no, I mean, yeah, sure. I have, like a lot of other people, dabbled in screenwriting in the past. Yeah. Um, I've got one or two things I'd like to do. Um, maybe one day, if I ever get the time, or if I ever manage to break into that yeah. very different world of screenwriting, very different from novel writing. But certainly, in terms of the Ben Hope. Um, books. I, 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 I'm just no. I, I, I like my role of writing the books, but you know, maybe one day somebody will write a great script of of, of Ben Hope, and, we, and we'll eventually see him transition to the the big screen. Well, let's hope so. Which would be lovely. <laughs> so perhaps. <laughs> let's just talk a little bit about some of the ingredients in the books because we've got we've got sort of MacGuffins. We've got action set. I'm pieces. glad you spotted that. I'm glad you spotted the MacGuffins. Nobody's ever said that before. We've got the suspense. We've got elements of romance. So I guess I have to ask, you know, as a film, somebody watches films, how much has Hitchcock sort of played in your life? Well, I'm, I'm delighted to be asked this question because, um, you know, it's, it's very insightful. Nobody, I, 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 there definitely are these MacGuffins that come into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this, this is my sort of the answer to the dilemma of how to write these the, the, these mystery history books, you mm-hmm. know, sort of, um, because as, as I'm sure you, you know and your uh, listeners will, will know that um, in every Ben Hope book there's always some sort of historical, whether it be an artifact or a secret or something like that. Um, and it gets a bit tiresome, you know. It's like this is the the historical secret that changed the world, or you know, it's it it you, you can't always just copy Dan Brown all the time and then mm. go down that route. Yeah. Um, so I started thinking, how am I going to handle this? How am I going to work this? And very often, what's evolved from that is that the, the the secret or the mystery or whatever it is is really just a MacGuffin. It really is just the empty the empty case, and we mm-hmm. never even get to find out what's in the case. Perhaps mm-hmm. um, in the case of the Doomsday Prophecy, you know, there was no prophecy. Uh, I'm giving away a plot spoiler here, <laughs> but um, you know, um, that to me that is kind of Hitchcocky. A little mm, bit. Very much. Um, I, 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 I'm pleased that you spotted that. Was, I, I wouldn't, I, I can't really cite in, in 
specifically exactly how he's influenced um, the books. Uh, there, there is one example I can think of, um, of the book that hasn't come out yet, so I have to, again, be very, very careful what I say, um, which is the, what's it called? I forget my own title. <laughs> the, the Armada Legacy. Right. There is a particular element of the Armada Legacy, which is coming out in uh, May 2013, mm. um, which, which I, I feel definitely is, is very Hitchcockian, mm. uh, specifically influenced by Vertigo. But I'm not going to say too much. Right. I mustn't say too much. I'm, I'm a bit of a blabbermouth when it comes sure. to plot spoilers. Sure. Because kind of there's a lot of North by Northwest in your books, I think. That, I mean, you've got the kind of exotic travel as well and the, yeah, the sort yeah. of travelogue aspects of it as well. I love North by Northwest. Mm. It's a fascinating uh, movie and it's, it's, I suppose it has been an influence. has mm. been an influence. Um, I went to the, the length of calling one of my characters Eve. Right, and, yes. Uh, yeah. And perhaps I may have been influenced <laughs> by the, the Eve Kendall character sure. um, from North by Northwest. Sure. So the travelling the traveling is really the, the sort of the James Bondian aspect uh, of, you know, you have to have these, these yeah. commerce locations. Right. It's, uh, I came up with another idea for another series. Hmm. Um, it was a sort of police um, detective series, completely different from, and I tried to, I some time back, I tried, I tried to, to launch this idea, but um, publishers were saying things like, oh, no, well, we, what about international travel? We have to have the settings, we have to have the locations. So I'm kind of stuck in that mold. I, I, I will always be destined to have to carry Ben Hope all around the world. <laughs> which is fun, which is fun. I don't always go to the locations, but sometimes I do. Um, I'm not a terribly, terribly seasoned traveler myself, but uh, it's good fun sometimes to go to scout locations. And other times I just think, right, where will I take Ben Hope this time? And pretty much look at the atlas and decide to take him here, there, or everywhere. Well, I know that you've published an e-book uh, quite recently of a Ben Hope novella, um, which was a, a prequel. But I was just wondering... I mean, you've written two books for the Vampire Federation series. I wondered if you might be thinking of publishing a a third one as an independent book, as an e-book. It's an option. It's always an option. I think that in today's climate, I mean, things have really opened up because of e-books. Um, it's, it's become a very exciting prospect for a lot of authors who... Uh, don't look have, have had trouble too many challenges getting into the, the the conventional publishing scene or perhaps in many cases increasingly don't feel they want to get into the, the traditional scene because they've got this fantastic um, freedom to, to explore their own independent um, self-publishing in, in a whole new way it's, mm. it's um, the ebook thing has really helped to, to lose that that stigma that used to exist for, with self-publishing where you you know, you might also the risk of self-publishing. In the old days, you know, you, you would spend large amounts of money and end up with large numbers of books sitting in your garage, which you might have a trouble, trouble shifting. E-books changed all of that. Um, yeah, I mean, the, I wrote the, um, the prequel to the first Ben Hope book, and, and uh, we see a slightly younger Ben. It was good fun to do. It, it, um, it was something I intend to continue doing. I've got more ideas for more Ben Hope prequels. Um, and yes, it is true to say that I could theoretically very well use that medium to create a third vampire book as well to continue the Vampire Federation series. It's really just a question of time. Um, you know, you can't do everything. Maybe one day I will. I'd love to be able to say, yeah, sure, you know, I'll devote 
eight months to do it or six months to do it. You know, it's finding that slot. Um, at the moment, I'm, I'm so heavily committed with, with writing lots and lots and lots more Ben Hope books that uh, it's really finding the opening, the time to do that is, is proving very difficult. Friday Night Frights. Well, that's it for tonight's Friday Night Frights. But don't forget you can reach me via the Starburst website or on Twitter at Starburst underscore mag. Until next time, stay, stay scared. scared. You're right. You're right.